Welcome in to episode 119 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Ari Couch, and that's Jeff Kolath, and that's Sam Holt. And it has been nearly six months since an episode of The Bluest Tape, which is... Only, only six. Shameful. I mean, not much has happened in the last six months, Jeff. It's global pandemic, Harvey. I mean, I mean, even podcasts took a hit, right? Right. That's true. Um, so how's everybody doing? Sam, you good? Man, day to day, you know, thing. I feel like things are looking up. So um, yeah, trying to stay positive. Yeah. Is that, is that a uh, Fox Brothers barbecue hat you're wearing, Sam? It is. And it's, it's my special occasion hat because... Yeah. I've got this one they sent me has like the red trim on it. Okay. I wear this on special occasions. So that's your, I, um, that's, might look good. that's your that's your Sunday hat. Exactly. I went to uh Fox Brothers for the first time uh, about a month ago when we went to Atlanta first over spring break. And um cool. it was it was great. Um they make great brisket, which um so was Jonathan, were they both tapers or Jonathan was the taper? In- uh, I feel like Jonathan probably did more of the actual taping, but I know they uh, they both did some. Um, I think Justin took a lot of pictures at one point. Okay. Too. Which, they- which location did you go to or do you know? Uh, the one we were, oh man, I should remember. The Ponce de Leon? That's the, no. that's the OG. Ab- right? Avenue, and then there's one that's like in a, a newer one that's in like a big, complex with a bunch of other restaurants no it was the older one it's kind of by a lowe's just north of 20 yeah that's like and it was probably parking was crazy and stuff. yes parking was was yeah. crazy it's the only time i've ever seen a sign that said if you park somebody in tell the hostess <laughs> and then yeah, the- crazy. i think the, somehow the neighbors haven't run them off yet but yeah uh, it's, it was it was nuts i'm pretty sure it's packed all the time it was, it was um it created a crisis because they on the board outside they have what they're out of mm-hmm. and i looked at the board and i was like okay they've got all the bar- they have all the meats and the one thing they didn't have they didn't have chicken tenders which oh. is like as I, I don't know sam looks like you might have kids harvey i know you have kids yeah no God, chicken tenders can be like a serious serious code issue. red <laughs> code red so but it was great because i went in and um ordered and then sat uh, sat at the bar had a creature comforts which was delightful mm-hmm. and then ordered uh chicken tenders from hattie b's just down the street and picked it up on my way home back to the airbnb so it worked out good call so um so i want to we were talking it's 2022 we like to talk we like to live in the past here in this podcast sam and that's why you're a welcome guest always because we know you do too. Yes. Uh, and we, we do a lot of anniversary stuff on the show. And uh, last year was our, was the big year with, with 1996. That was 20, 25 years. Um, but I feel like this is a big year because you got multiples, right? I mean, uh, 92 is a big year for the band. We've talked about, you know, JoJo joining the band. I guess it was, it was a month, you know, it was 20, what, 20, no, 30 years in a month from today was his first show, right? March mm-hmm. 13th, it's April 13th. Um, so that was a big year. Obviously, 97 was a huge year. Uh, and uh, all those soundboards that, that everybody got to hear. And then 2002, obviously a big year too. Um, we're we're going to talk about some things that, that 
you picked out some stuff from 92 that was great. You also picked out some stuff from 02 that Jeff didn't even know existed. And nope. it was, was uh, I think, pleasantly surprised. So we'll get into that some more, too. Um, but maybe let's talk. Let's let's start. Let's start in the present. So just to mix things up here on the bluest tape, because, you know, um, so the band, obviously, Panic has got a got a pretty full summer slate uh, set. And Jeff, they had the big announcement with uh, Mempho uh, coming back. Mempho too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the they the lineup was set, and this came out of left field last week. Um, and obviously, uh, Mike Smith is involved with Mempho, and um, I think there was a potential conflict in the band's schedule and it went away and it was available and they booked them for Saturday and Sunday, which is great. It actually, it couldn't go any better for the festival. Cause it's, I mean, if I had to guess they're going to do black keys and Wilco um, Friday night <clears throat> and then panic and Isabel Saturday night and then panic Sunday night. Cause the festival ends early on Sunday night. It wraps up around nine. And so panic can hit the stage at, you know, six 30 or something like that. And or if they, I mean, last year they did one set shows, so it's really going to work out great. The lineup overall is awesome. I'm super excited. Um, Delvon Lamar, Organ Trio is on the lineup. AD Victoria is on the lineup. Bobby Rush is on the lineup. I mean, it's it, it's it's. I mean, last year was good, but this is this is. I think it's really great. They've done a nice job. So um, it was a great festival last year. Um, I think it's even going to be better this year. Um, I'm not just saying that because Jen's cousin Todd is going to help me with that, but um, <laughs> so, but it'll be it'll be really good. And then yeah, Panics had a bunch of other shows and coming up quick, right? Yeah. We've got, um, okay, so Wilmington, Wilmington, Wilmington shows are up next, uh, but they've already got right. They did the the rundown in St. Augustine, which um, apparently was a real good run. And and I had a friend to go to Columbia, right? They do that all cover. So do, mm -hmm. Sam, do you, I know that you're not, you know, huge in on the current version of the band, but do you like keep up? Do you look at set lists? Is that something that you do or you uh, just, not, you just leave not, through your everyday companion? And Somebody will, you know, say, Oh, you know, they played this or something. I don't right. generally seek it out, but you know, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, hey, can I interject something before I forget? Because Definitely. Jeff said it's Bobby Rush and I totally forgot about this. JoJo produced a track. I think it's for the, I could be wrong, Mississippi Arts Council. And it's going to mm. be like a, 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 some, I'm not exactly sure the whole story behind it, but it will be for that. And uh, JoJo produced a track. I believe he wrote the song and he, I put a guitar part on it. Oh, cool. Uh, I forgot. And I think it's coming out in the last week of April. Totally mm. forgot about that. Uh, Luther Dickinson plays guitar on it. I play guitar on it. Dwayne Trucks is on drums. JoJo's on keys. Bobby Rush is on harmonica and uh, <laughs> nice. And um, I just heard the final mix like a couple of days ago. And it's pretty cool. Is it all a digital release or is it going to be a physical thing? I don't know, honestly, man. Uh, I wish I had thought about it more and would, had asked some more questions, but uh, well, we, well, we can find out. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it'll be that's out awesome. there. That's awesome. Jojo told me it'd be that's out the last week of April, so that's pretty, pretty cool. It, it has like that kind of dark Jojo vibe. It's called like Chickasaw Mud Princess, or I believe. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. That's it's awesome. heavy. It kind of reminds me of, of a visiting day took a left turn or something like mm. the original visiting day. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um. So yeah. So I was. I don't even. 
we were talking about the the past shows and was it was it in Columbia they did the uh they did an all covers was it an all covers show Jeff or is it a set why are you I'm putting at, me on the spot like that well right? because I thought you followed this yeah. band and I don't <laughs> <laughs> that's why I asked Sam first and he said no and he so then I no. thought I would ask you I will uh, say that um and, and it's not anything personal against the band this year it's just I've probably out of the last several years I've probably followed it the least I have since before the pandemic, I think Um, for Um, no other reason that I think, I mean, the St. Augustine shows, I was super excited to listen to them. And then they were over by the time I actually got to them because they started so early. Um, I mean, they were basically done by the time bedtime was over at our house. Um, Okay. So it was, it was the second night of Columbia. First set is all covers. Okay. So it's a, it's sometimes sharing life during wartime, low spark. Honky Red, Arlene, Chainsaw City, Trashy, Use Me. And then the second set is all originals. Uh, Driving, Disco, Diner, Blackout, Pilgrims, Driving, St. X, Fishwater, Busted Big, Drums, Busted Big, Fishwater. And then Down, Floozy, Encore. Hmm. So that's kind of cool when they mix that stuff up. Sam, let me ask you this, though. Have you heard the uh, the their take on Trashy, uh, the, the new Blakin track? I believe I have. I think, I think my wife... Uh showed me a video of them doing that at red rocks yeah uh, that's cool that's really it's cool. i mean it's one of my favorite things that mm-hmm. they've done it's great in the last few years and yeah uh, so yeah, that's awesome um all right so we've got we've got that that so um we talked about uh wilmington's coming up next month yeah they're opening the new huntsville uh, venue, which looks pretty awesome, and then Red Rocks, obviously, at the end of June. But, um, Sam, you got some shows coming up, yes. Let's, let's tell the people about that, yeah. So, we're doing three days in May. This will be the first time we have played this band. I have played with these guys, my guys, since August 10th of 2019, mm, wow. and uh, we're gonna we're billing these as um. Remembering Mikey and Todd. Um, and we're going to do three shows. Uh, the 12th, May 12th, which is uh, Thursday at Isis Music Hall in Asheville. Friday at the Charleston Poorhouse, 13th, Friday the 13th. And Saturday in Birmingham at Avondale Brewing. Oh, cool. Uh, and it'll be, you know, similar to what we've done before, but I feel pretty, pretty excited to play. It's been a while, and I know everyone... Yeah itching to play and you know man i've actually played a a memorial for a friend that passed away uh, a couple weeks ago on the georgia theater rooftop just my just me and it's the first time i've really really played in a while and uh i played like mercy train and clinic cynic and man i got pretty emotional i have to say Mm -hmm. some of that stuff hadn't really seeped out of me yet and Mm -hmm. uh, i was really excited to get on stage let it rip be surrounded by people that you know love that stuff and can, can connect with it who else is who's going to be playing with you at these shows it's it's the same guys i've been playing with for gosh seven years now um adam grace is the keyboard player and he also plays in a band called truth and salvage mm-hmm. um, and uh jeremy ward on drums and ross parker on bass um and i met adam 
playing some shows in Denver, playing like opened a couple of shows for Truth and Salvage, and um, they're a really good band. Mm-hmm. Check them out if you haven't heard them. And uh, we just kind of connected, and we figured we had these connections. We knew the same people, and then we we're like, "Oh man," he's like, and then I was going to I moved back to the south and uh, from Colorado, and he was and I called him, and he was like, "Oh man, I've got a bass player and a drummer. Let's let's do this." So that's what I've been doing for uh, mainly for the past since two, since 2014, playing with those guys. And we play some original, we play Mikey tunes, we play uh, some different kind of stuff. But we don't play, you know, we don't, we probably do 15 when we were in 2014, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. We were doing like 12 or 15 shows a year. We weren't going out and like doing six week tours or anything, but it was still, we were really, we were really found that we played well together and really enjoy it. So it's like you said, it's been uh, two and I guess like almost two and a half years, right? Or more yeah. than two and a half years. Yes. Um, you got, you, you knocked the rust off a little bit on the rooftop, right? And um, are you excited, nervous? What, you know? I'd say all of the above. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm excited to get back out there. I'm nervous. Uh, you know, just want everybody to be safe and no one to have any issues, obviously. Uh, but man, just excited to just plug that guitar in and just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let all that, all those emotions run through me and back out into the crowd and back to us. You know, that's that's some good stuff. So if folks want to want to um, check it out, tickets, you know, grab your tickets while yeah. you can. Yeah, you could go to, uh, man, there's multiple ways to get it. There's a, a samholtband.com. Uh, you can get links there. There's a rememberingmikey.com, uh, all the Facebooks and the stuff like that. If, if you look, you'll find it pretty easy. Um, you're talking about remembering Mikey, the you know, that's the other thing from the other anniversary we have coming up this year is, is 20 years on from that. Right. And was, what was the big, was the big event at the Georgia theater in, in 12? Yes. Okay. So then, so then, so that was 10 years. And so now we're at 20 years and yeah. I didn't even realize it until uh, like last week that the, the rescheduled new year shows at the Fox line up with that anniversary. And I mean, I can only assume that that's on purpose, right? Um, you do or don't assume? I would think that. I mean, it's a mid. I mean, I would feel like it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, who knows? If I had you, to, you have a better idea. I would. I bet it. It would be. It was serendipitous. Like right. maybe someone had that vision, but I doubt. Yeah, or it. maybe it's just what it happened. Lined up, lined itself right. up. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're you're planning to maybe be down there in Atlanta. Yes, around the we, same time. Yes, we're going to play. We're definitely going to play late night after those shows, and we will be in Atlanta. And announcements will be coming, so cool. stay tuned. But yeah, yes, um, <clears throat> Sam. So it's the twentieth year, twentieth anniversary, obviously of Mikey's passing. But we're coming up next week, I guess, the twentieth anniversary of the the spring tour, um, which we've we've done some shows on here. We played a lot from the Oak Mountain Run. So, you know, put your, if you can put yourself back, Sam Holt, 20 years ago, you know, week before you're about to go out on the road, 
with Mikey. What was what what was the mood like with the band? What what were you thinking? Like where where, where were you knowing um, obviously what was going on with Mikey's health, yeah. um, but also you know also getting ready to go out on a you know a two three week tour. Every oh man, it was it was intense. You know, every emotional string that could be pulled was being pulled uh, for everyone from from the band to the crew to the audience members to the booking agent to the venue people. I mean, everyone knew what was up. Mm-hmm. It was the most emotionally charged. I keep saying emotions, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember they would get to an end of a verse. Like I just, I don't randomly, I could pick any show, Savannah, you know, and like, I don't even, I can't even think of what a specific song would be, but just say like, uh, you know, airplane, get to the end of a verse crowd will ex- exploded, mm-hmm. you know, 10,000 people freaking out. And in a very honest way that was like literally life and death playing out and, mm in front of them and on the stage. And, you know, it was, I had to do my job, make sure everything was ready, make sure the potential for greatness was there, which it was. And they delivered. And it was some of the most intense stuff I've ever, I've ever been a part of, I've ever seen. And uh, I can't imagine how, how those guys on stage felt. I saw some really cool stuff. I remember in Oak Mountain, like during soundcheck one day, Dave walked over to Mike, you know, Mike sitting on his, on his riser just messing around before they started and Dave walked over and was like, man, you know, gave him a hug. And was, you know, I never, I had never seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it's crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can, I remember those, those crowd swells, especially like on his solos, right? Yeah. He would just start playing a solo and it was just like, it was just this like continue build of the yeah. crowd reactions. Which those those so mountains awesome. are like burned and, I'm sure everyone that was there will never forget it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, in terms of, 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 obviously, it sounds like every. I mean, I'm gonna say everybody was aware of what was going yeah. on, but like, what was what, what what was Mikey's mood during that time? I mean, was he sort of and where where was he? I mean, in terms of, I'm not saying like in terms of illness, but just like yeah. The, the, the shows and like his, his processing all of that, that was going on. Man, you know, I, I think he was optimistic. Uh, I remember the last night in Oak mountain, he came up to me and we were talking for a little bit and he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do the summer. I'm going to see what happens. And mm. I was like, wow. You know, I didn't know. It's like, how much courage does this guy have? possess uh, he, he basically just said i'm gonna take my chances and play as until i can't play anymore mm-hmm. uh, i mean he he was in good spirits uh in that spring tour uh he had his family with him um he, i didn't really you know notice it until i looked back and saw some pictures and you could see it in, a, mm-hmm. in his face and then progressively by the red rocks you could really see it um but his attitude was positive. I think it was a way for him to really complete his work mm-hmm. and use the vehicle that they had built to, to, to say what he needed to say. I mean, you listen to some of those songs, they, they, they 
could tell the story. You know, like don't mm-hmm. get died in Oak Mountain. Yeah. My God, man. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Mm-hmm. You know, down. Uh, it's it's there. They it's there, and it's it's still there. You can go listen and, and hear that. Um, so just after the spring tour ends, you guys, um, you literally you and, and, and Mike and Todd go sit in with Jerry Joseph. Um, oh, yeah. And so how talk about how that came about. And then I'll, I'll be, I'm, you, you tell us how it came about that. I'm going to fanboy out for a minute. Sure. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry was, Jerry was recording an album in Athens. Is that? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Cause yeah, talked about constant contact. Conscious contact. Uh, Dave was producing it. Um, hmm. I think it had already been recorded because I remember going over to Dave Barbie studio and Mike put his guitar parts on uh, that song Fastest Horse. I think that was like either or it was before he I think it was before he knew he was sick. So I'm thinking like late 01. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Um, yeah, because I think fall 01 is when they were cutting all the tracks and i think it was mixed probably over the holidays or something. i don't know to guess uh but yeah so there were these shows that were lined up right after oak mountain we were going to stay just out for another week uh but but mike was too sick to, there was two other ones i'm trying to, there was mobile maybe new orleans and then georgia theater mm-hmm. uh is that right yeah, the Soul Kitchen show that was the oh, night before, and then yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been jazz fest. Fest. That would have been jazz fest too, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so there was there. Mike was supposed to be at all three of he was. He ended up just going to the Georgia Theater, obviously hometown. Um, but there was they were supposed to be, you know, Jerry and friends, and mm-hmm. with Todd, Todd ended up doing those other two shows, uh, and I was going to be there for Mike. Uh, but I ended up not, not going because Mike didn't go. But I don't know who came up with that idea. But anyway, it culminated at the Georgia Theater um, on May 3rd, 02. And what a great night of music. Um, it's insane. It was like a, a parade of, of Athens musicians that mm-hmm. had you know, playing for the past 10 years. And, uh, it was a great night. I encourage anyone to listen to that it is on archive i I'm, I'm assuming the bloodkin sets on there too uh I, I just haven't looked for it but i did see the jerry and friends sets on there yeah it's bloodkin barbecue and there you and go jerry right yeah um so i'm gonna admit i had not listened to this until yesterday and i've listened okay. to it three three times yeah. in the last two days what, what um, did you listen to Which well part? i listen i mean i well i you know i I listened to your, I listened to Three Mile Island that you said, okay. on, which is awesome. Um, and then the mic stuff is just, I mean, it's, it's always, it's, you know, there's all, there's still excitement to hearing new mic for the first time. Mm. I mean, I and we've know. talked about this on the show too, yeah. where if it's a old tape that we dig out or if there's something that, whatever it is, it's just, there's all, it's the same thing with hearing Dwight, like a new Dwayne Allman show from the brothers. It's the same yeah. thing with Jerry, whatever it is. And like this just, I mean, I'm getting chills just talking about it. It's just, it's unbelievable. And then, yeah. and, and knowing, knowing what's, what's to come, the, the, the energy, the angst, I mean, whatever, whatever you did as a tech, did you tech his guitar that night too? Yes. I mean, 
I mean, there's there. It's like you you turn the ranch to like eleven that night. That's him, man. Oh, man. That's it right was here. just the and shit. His fingers. That was Ooh. he could. That's what he could do. That he had that. Um, um, it's it's uh it's it's some of the best. It's it's the best thing I've heard in a long time. It's it's, it's amazing. Great. You guys did great. Uh, there's, man. So there was multi tracks recorded that night, mm-hmm. and I ended up with them. And I gave them back to Brown Cat a few years ago, and I'm kicking myself. <laughs> Why don't you do that? <laughs> wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> we'll never see the light of day. But someone told me uh, recently I should ask for them back because the answer, as Gary Vereen said, longtime Panic Roadie equipment manager, ambassador for the Panic, the answer is always no until you ask. So I'm yeah, all they can you do should. is no, and I'm in the same boat. So. Never give up your masters. Oh, <laughs> geez, man. myself, dude. I yeah. could sit here and I don't even know what the tracks. I think the, I don't I hope the tracks still sound good and everything was recorded well. But I could have, mm. I could have mixed it. Could have done my own yeah. mix. With it. I mean, one of the you know one of the things that makes it really special, I think, is that you know I mean something that Harvey and I have talked about a lot is that Mike just didn't sit in with a lot right. of other bands. No. Um, we've talked about people sitting in with panic, but we've not, but there's Mike, Mike is the, and JB sitting in, in, in various things, but Mike just, it's just not something that he did. So getting, getting, what was the process like on a night like that, where he's sitting in with, with Jerry Joseph instead of playing with panic, is there anything different that you did or anything different that he did? Um, I didn't bring his entire rig down. Actually, that day I, I got his rig from the warehouse. Uh, it was just the one Saldano and the one cabinet. It's pretty packed stage, so we knew, you know, what probably wasn't the best idea to set up his riser because they, you know, it's not, not a ton of room. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to assume we could just take over the stage. Wasn't our mm-hmm. show or whatever, you know. Uh, but I just set up, you know, his his throne, his drum throne, which he sat on, uh, volume pedal, and then the pedal that switches the channel on the Saldano between the clean and the lead, and uh, put his amp behind him. Uh, there's some pictures, somewhere I have some pictures of that night. Uh, try to dig those out. Um, Where was he on the stage? Was he in was, Mikey so position or was he somewhere else? He was kind of mid-stage right. Okay. Um if you if you were if you were standing on the stage in the center, if you were standing looking out. He's right here, like stage stage. If you're standing on the stage and you stage right, mm-hmm. stage right. Mm-hmm. But he was mid stage right. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so I, I remember picking him up that day from his house. We went down there early, and I was like, "Hey, man, Jerry. Jerry told me he might ask me to sit in." And I was like, I was like, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know what's going to go on. And he's like, and he said, Mike said, if you do, you're welcome. You use my rig. And I was just like, holy oh, shit. Wow. Oh, wow. So that's, and that's the first and only time that I think Mike, I know it's the only time he ever saw me play at like a show or whatever. Yeah. Wow. You know, he heard me play like, you know, sound checks and stuff. Um, yeah. So what was that like for you sitting in with Jerry Joseph and then playing through Mike's rig? It was great, man. Uh, it was all just kind of surreal. Um, I, it just all kind of just unfolded. You know, I didn't have time to worry or think about it. I'd practiced the song a lot because Jerry asked me what song did I want to play. I yeah, I was going to ask you because he yeah. said that, right? And so, yeah. like, what was, what, what was your thought process? On yeah, that? I, I love that song. Uh, I don't know how many Jerry Joseph fans out there are out there that are actually listening or watching, but um, 
Well, if they exist, I listen to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> that I just loved. And I could always hear these guitar parts that I wanted to put on it. Anyway, I did it and nice. I played well. And uh, it was a good night. It was a good it, good experience. Um, the crowd popped after my solo. And it was just like, I was a, it was a great, awesome feeling. And I turned around mm-hmm. afterward and I could see all the people that were from the dressing room, including Mike, like on the steps watching. And that was just unreal. Had you played on stage at the Georgia theater prior to that? No. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we'll play that after we're done, after Jeff's done with this fanboy stuff, but um, we'll play <laughs> through. <laughs> but the other thing, out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, so, Harvey, it's the least lost. cynical I've been about a piece of music. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm trying to, I'm, I mean, so I mean, don't give me shit about it. I'm leaning into it, man. <laughs> the song, the first song that, uh, Jerry or Mike plays with Jerry is most beautiful day. And uh, Mike, I know Mike picked that song to play. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty heavy about what that song's talking about. So if you want to dig deep and maybe feel some crazy shit, listen to the lyrics to that song. Um, the other thing, and it was mostly in, in fastest horse, but then really in the rest of the show too. But um I think because Todd Todd was playing on that, right? I mean, there there are moments in the in the rest of that show where you hear Todd and you hear Mike, and it's just it's like one of my favorite sounds in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like it's that that backbone, and then it's just Mikey riding that wave, and it's just yeah. makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, when they go into uh, drive. That's kind of a totally different feel than what like the Jack Mormons play drive like, because mm-hmm. I think I'm I think Todd comes out for the first the first song he comes out for is like whatever goes into drive I I okay. think it's still Brad from the Jack Mormons okay yeah I think you might be right past source I think mm-hmm. but once Todd yeah, gets out there he right. does, that drum beat that he does it's just like he does it for like twenty minutes. i don't know how he could do that and never lose the groove and still by still be dynamic still have accents still like push the song this way this way go down go up but it but it never wavers and you know and that just gives so much freedom
there's some people that would hear that and go, well, he's just, he's just doing the same things. What's the right. It's boring. It's boring. I, I would challenge any drummer to play solid for three minutes and not yeah. like lose it. And, you know, mm -hmm. not do a fill, not do mm -hmm. like a big a splash or a crash. Just keep it solid. Just keep, kick snare hat just do that for three minutes without messing up i, I challenge people to do that um but i mean it's this so this is something that harvey and i have talked about is this idea of you know mike and todd were kind of the match set and jimmy and Dwayne are kind of a set and so you know the gym you had that transition period obviously where jimmy and todd play together so what is it about todd's playing that Mike was able to do his thing, but maybe, you know, what, 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 why Jimmy and Todd, I mean, they were able to play together, but maybe why they're not able to mesh the way that Mike and Todd were. I think it was just those original four the, or the lightning in the bottle that that's mm -hmm. part of it. Um, mm -hmm. Without, if you didn't have those original, if you didn't have those four at the beginning, I don't think that ever gets out of the, the bars, honestly. Mm. Uh, but my, uh, and I've heard Todd say it, you know, I'm sure you have too, that he and Mike learned how to play music together, not just learn mm -hmm. songs to play together, but learn how to play together, how to be in a band together, how mm -hmm. to make people not leave the bar, you know, how to play <laughs> enough to be like invited back. That kind of thing. When they had something to lose. That's like, an important they, thing. I, they might, it might not make any money and they never get asked back, you know, yeah. that type of shit that they've got to, really play their ass off and get better every time mm -hmm. and and i think that's part of the reason they played so well together is because they learned to literally do that together as as a unit mm -hmm. so like he, it's it's one thing to say like his style you know mesh i was listening to like the one of the songs one of the tracks the disco from like that herman's hideaway 92 i was listening to earlier I mean, 92 is pretty young in their career. They've only been playing mm -hmm. like six years and for, you know, 86, 87, they, I mean, they, they would admit it. They weren't that good. You know, they, mm -hmm. were, they were trying to figure it out. What's their thing? What's their sound? But by 92 and really by 90 in a lot of ways, but by 92, they had had their, they had their thing down and like just how good Todd is at that point. Like it's got like a million dollar hi-hat. <laughs> I mean, you just listen to disco and a crisp recording from yeah. there. Holy, mm -hmm. like that Valdosta 89. It's like, holy, holy crap. <laughs> He's that good at that point. And, you know, you're only as good as your drummer, really, you know, when it comes down to it. Unless you're the dead and you got Jerry, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, I mean, that's always a, it's a, obviously it's the 50th anniversary of Europe 72. So those are fun shows yeah. to listen to and, you know, kind of pick along the dates and it's, yeah. it's been really fun because the Wolf brothers were just in town and, um, okay. you know, Bob, Bobby plays lead in that band. Okay. And it's just, it's so interesting because, um, I had some friends that went to that show and the settlers looked awesome. They played dark star and they did Bobby did. They played that's all right. Mama, I think. And like, they did some cool stuff, but it's like, Bobby's not a lead guitar player by any stretch of the imagination. And then so, but you come back to those 72 shows <clears throat> and it's just like this magic that happens between Jerry and Bobby and like, 
Jerry is supposed to do what he's doing. Bobby is supposed to do what he's doing. And then Billy is just in the background, just doing what he's supposed to do. And it's just like that band was, that band was incredible. It was the perfect band for that moment at that time. And I think, you know, with, with, with panic, um, with that original band, um, it's the, it's very much the same thing. I I mean, I think we've, I wouldn't say that we've, I think we've, I, I'll say we, I won't put you into this Harvey. I think we've downplayed the contributions of Todd a little bit here and there. Um, but I think when it's, but when it comes down to it, I think part of it is just because the, it's just, he, he and Mikey were the, were a unit together. I think they were just meant to be together and meant to play together. And just that last, over the last 20 years, um, it's just been something different. Um, all right. Well, I want to, I want to play, I want to play the three mile Island from five, three, Oh, two. Can I and, say one um, thing before? Well, yeah. Cause you, you can sparked, say two things. If you want spark something, Dave schools told me that he, JB and Mike went to see grateful dad at the Fox in the fall of 85. Mm, together. Okay. And they started playing Fire on the Mountain. And Mike was like, <laughs> Mike thought it was an original JB song because they had been playing it. And he, <laughs> he didn't know it. Was, he was like, this, this isn't your song. Anyway, I thought that was That's pretty great. great. That's pretty awesome. I love that. Oh, man. Yeah. A lot of JB solo Fire on the Mountains back in the day. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay. So. Three Mile Island from 5302. We're going to do that, and uh, we'll be back right after this. We asked Sam what song he wanted to play, and he picked this one up. If you ever fly into uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for some ungodly reason, usually the plane makes this weird turn and it goes over Three Mile Island. Sometimes uh, evil can be really beautiful when you look at it. This is called Three Mile Island.
So you said you 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 practiced that? Did you practice that a good amount? Like I did. You knew did. you knew the licks you were gonna play. Not not specific licks. There was a couple I wanted yeah. to get in there, like to mimic yeah. the the melody, but I just had it. You know, I knew where the chord changes were, and knew what. I just played that song a ton at home, just mm -hmm. by with the stereo, you know, cranking the stereo and playing with my guitar and stuff. Uh, so I wasn't sure it was going to happen. I still wasn't sure it was going to happen until like, you know, maybe an hour before it happened. So there's this thing that I, and you can talk to this because I'm obviously neither, we're not a musician, but there's this like thing about inviting people up on stage. Like there's a very specific process that has to happen, right? Like it's not just, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I feel like, cause I'm, my brother is a musician and, and I remember we were like at, at a bar and like everybody was like, Oh, you know, you should go play with these guys. And he's like, well, no, it's not how it works. You, know I mean? like, <laughs> you gotta like, you gotta tell them that I can play and then they'll say that, you know, whether they want to play or not. And so, you know, the, the, so how does that, I don't know. You maybe don't want to go behind the scenes too much, but like he says, maybe, you know, you should come out, but then like, you know it's not like for sure until it's like yeah or you come out after this you know you come like basically as the show starts right then you're kind of laying out the set list and yeah yeah and like when he started laying out how the format or whatever he was yeah. like i was up in the dressing room and he was he had written he wrote down three mile island he's like all right i'm just gonna be here mm -hmm. uh and he told who his tour manager was like hey sam's gonna come out here you know and i just mm -hmm. kind of was listening uh, you know, Mike's going to come out here. Um, Danny's going to come out here. Um, and that, the whole reason I even got started with that, uh, and I may have told this story, so stop me if I have on here. Um, in the fall of 01 in Charlotte, 
Jack Mormons were opening for Panic. 11, and, 17, 01. Yeah. <laughs> and please stop me if I've already done said this before, but uh, Mike was going to sit in because obviously, okay, so for sure they had recorded those parts because he sat in on Fastest Horse that night during mm-hmm. the Jack Mormon set in Charlotte, okay? So they definitely had done that. They'd already recorded that. Uh, and so, but they needed, they needed to sound check Mike's rig with Jerry during their sound check because Jerry opened and they needed to sound check Jerry during the day. And then, hey, we want to hear Mike's guitar with Jerry. So I got up there and played with them. And I had really loved this song called uh, Way Too Loud, which is like a little women's song. And then Jerry played, still plays it, I'm sure. So I sat in and played that with him at sound check. Uh, and he came up to me and he was like, before, he was like, well, Mike said you can play. Do you want to play? Do you want to sit in with us on a sound check? And I was like, yeah, can we do way too loud? And that's how that all just got started. And then I've sat in with Jerry many times since then and ended up playing the band with him in 2017, actually. And that's mm-hmm. all from Mike going, hey, I think this, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. You know, it really sprung me into worlds I never thought I would go into. Um, Jerry has sat in, sat in with panic, you know, over the course, you know, for more than 30 years, you know, starting in 90, yeah. what is it about Jerry Joseph and widespread panic that you think fit? Um, man, you have to go pretty deep because if you look at it on the surface, not a lot, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that Todd told me that like, him and Mike just fell in love with Jerry. They're like, he's the only dude that acts like that, that we actually love. <laughs> you know? Like I remember seeing Jerry with little women open for panic at the center stage in Atlanta. And I was like, please stop. And <laughs> this dude's running around the stage, chain smoking, literally lighting one cigarette. And like, <laughs> <laughs> What is this? Please. But um, I think they just, a lot of the intentions were the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Render to the music. The music's bigger than you are. Uh, you know, Jerry, Jerry's a great songwriter. They admired that. They respected it. They got off on his music. Mm-hmm. They loved playing some of his songs, you know? they. Uh, it was real. It's, it's tapping into the, the source of, uh, you know, I'm sure they would tell you that, you know, the we're all just vessels for the inspiration to come through. And, and Jerry is that, too. You know, he obviously has a very uh, high production rate, you know, and has written mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of songs. And I think they just respect that. They respected that artist and they connected with him early on. And, you know, they got to do some shows together and help each other out and it just bonded them. Um, I, one of the, again, one of the best parts about listening to music that's 20 years old and shows is, you know, it's just the, the little nuggets of the past and Jerry at the end of the show is remember that the war on terror is assault, is an assault on your rights. Wait, he said that at the end of that show? Yeah. It was pretty great. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that in a long time. That was pretty yeah. awesome. Hot take. Fresh take. Fresh hot uh, take. Fresh, fresh hot take. 
he loves to be controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why, again, it's like, you know, on the surface, those guys maybe are not, you know, yeah. pretty dissimilar, right? But uh, yeah, JB would never say anything like no. in, no. in that remote area. He right. would never say anything that anyone could take as any direction, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, know, uh, I feel like Jerry, I feel like Jerry has said in the past that how much he appreciates the fact that the panic will just let him go out and play his songs, you know, yeah. and like 30 minutes of a second set. And yeah. that they, that's how much they like and respect him. I mean, I know that awesome. like on the safety and North, they, they just sit panic would sit in the back lounge, ride down the road and just like listen to those songs and be like, man, what a great song. We should play that. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. organically how it happened. There was no preconceived, mm -hmm. If we do this, this will happen. You know, it's just like, man, we love this song. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. it speaks to us. Mm -hmm. Um. So, all right. So that was five three zero two, which was awesome. Um, and we talked. I, I definitely wanted to hit on on some of Jerry's uh, comments on stage, and that was good. I'm glad. Um, and uh, so. So what else? Oh no, I did want to. There, there's like some news. So if you, if you'll, if you'll uh, indulge us a little bit, Sam. Um, so, well, first I want to talk about the uh, the, the, the Jeff. This is news to you too, because uh, we haven't talked in a while. Um, the home team .fm uh, guys. Have you listened to this, Jeff? Are you familiar? Yeah, no, it's a, no. it's on the internet. It's a thing. Mm. um it's a it's, i just figured out re-listen harvey <laughs> <laughs> right um but yeah so so there's a it, it's a it's a, like a live stream it's like a radio feed it's a 24 7 radio feed um i don't know i mean i know the the one guy that's involved i don't know how many folks are involved in it but but it's basically a radio station that plays like music that's related to I mean, panic, I guess, mostly. I mean, but it's just like all kinds of good tunes. And um, so he he asked if he could play uh, episodes of the, of the podcast on, on stream. And, a broader and, audience? I mean, what? Shh, shh, Jeff, don't this tell. Is, this is super secret stuff. <laughs> um, so... Well, uh, so anyway, so we're going to be on, uh, on, on home team.fm every Tuesday and Thursday. At Did noon. you send those papers to my legal counsel yet? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> springing this on you right now so that you won't have the opportunity to say no. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, so that's, that's exciting. If you haven't the, checked uh, it out, you should check it out. Yeah. Uh, currently now playing is born to run by some guy named Bruce Springsteen. The boss. Hello, Sam. Hello, Sam's cat. Yeah. Um, and then they played Jack Straw by the other ones. Okay. I want Candy by the Strange Loves, and then Pigeons by some band called Widespread Panic. Okay, so there you go. Um, and uh, so we're excited about that. And like Sam, are you doing something with Sam too? Is that? Yeah, his name's Russ Lloyd, and I, I've okay. never met Russ, but I've emailed with him, and he asked me to do a playlist, and I have agreed to do that, and I just need to get it together and do it, and. Uh, yeah. Sure be awesome. Um, one thing, one of the big things that's coming up is um, the Miss Kitty's Lounge vinyl is finally oh, yeah. about to come out. Um, delayed. I honestly I forgot <laughs> that, that that was supposed to come out late last year. 
but it's finally coming out this year. Um, it says early 2022. Um, it's May. There's early it's May now. now. It's like May 13th, I think, okay. or something. Um, but that is stuff from 90 uh, with with the original band and then Sonny plus John Keane, Paige McConnell, and Randall Bramblett on sax. So, um, Are Sam, you familiar you, with any of that stuff, Sam? Yeah, have you heard it before? I think so. I mean, I think there was a tape that circulated uh, with it's a bunch of what I what I assumed were demos mm-hmm. of a bunch mm-hmm. of ended up going on Mom's Kitchen that they did in Athens at John Keane's. That's what I always th- thought it was. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's when they recorded like the the stuff with Paige, the sort of the the two tracks that went on Space Wrangler on the on this cassette release, yeah. right? The re-release and. When was that? Ninety or ninety-one, maybe eighty-nine. Probably like ninety-one or ninety-two. Yeah. And then the uh, four-three ninety-six is coming out on vinyl, I believe. Oh, cool! Too. Oh, I didn't know awesome. that. So they've done twelve. They did done uh, December first, two thousand, and then I think the Club Soda nineteen ninety-seven, mm. and now they're doing four-three ninety-six, which oh, I think cool. should be out soon. So, awesome. um, I I get all my news from End of All Music in Oxford. Mississippi. So tip to David and his his crew for being one of the best record stores in the country. Um Sam, were you at the, the Von Braun show or no? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm surprised we haven't talked about this. You so hated I, it. You hated it, I see. I knew I, I swear to God I left that going, holy crap, that is one of the <laughs> sickest shows I've ever seen. I knew, we knew not everyone. I knew it. People I was yeah. were like, holy crap. We won tickets. We, we were in, I was living in Chattanooga at that time. We won, we won tickets off the radio station. <laughs> no. Man. I don't think it was half full. Yeah. Also, I remember trying to get my taping gear in, and the security was like, you can't bring that in. And I was like, okay, can we just talk about this? <laughs> well, and then I saw somebody with the crew. I was like, hey, man, can you go get whoever and tell them that this is okay? And it's like a 15- or 20-minute deal. And finally, they are like, okay, so yeah. So you taped so you taped that night? Yeah. And that was Okay. So yeah. so I mean Ryan Vardom's tape is the one that is made the rounds. The CNC's okay. the C the Sheps is the one that I mean I think we all know. So you what mm-hmm. what did you ran AKGs that night? Uh, the AKG four sixties, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't I may have patched out of someone that night. Uh my friend Matt, if I did, it was three uh, AKG three ninety ones. No, blue lines the 391s those oh, things were sweet my heart my heart feels full right now talking about 460s and 391 i yeah. saw a picture sam i saw a picture of you on instagram holding a a, 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 a sony d5 <laughs> and a nakamichi yes yes that was amazing that's how old was, where did that come from um, was yours I no it know. was uh last weekend when i played two weeks ago now i played a memorial for a guy named ray jones who was a big panic fan home team holt team supporter uh loved out formation used to come see us all the time anyway tragically passed away a couple years ago and they finally got around were able to have a memorial uh and, and uh one of my friends uh z z man was there do y'all know mm-hmm. Stephen mm-hmm. j ziggler and Horace, uh, that used to yeah. oh be wow yeah archivist for Panic. Those that was his D five. It was Horace's D five, <laughs> and I think those were that was his Nakamichi or it, it was probably Z Man's microphone. 
but I was just like That's feeling awesome. all nostalgic and I was oh, like, man. We got a comment from Jerry Ford saying, love the Knox. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's great. That's really but awesome. It just brings back a lot of good memories. Uh, so you, so had you seen other shows in spring of 96 besides that Huntsville show? Did you, oh, were you at, uh, were you in Johnson City? Yes. And uh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite all time. That's like, a secret heater show. In, sorry, I keep interrupting. I keep talking. No, no. You haven't listened to that. In a long like, time, but I remember the set list being like insane. It's stupid. I mean, his first yeah. set fantasy and vacation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, mean, I was need to do that. Panama City, five ninety six, which I used to have a. I assume there's boards of that because I have like. A I think there. I think there is a board. I think. I mean, I think I remember. I had the same. I had like a maybe just a second set board. That probably that sounds right. Yeah. That that um, was like a civic center about a third full uh and they it was a sh- i remember being over like thinking man that was a pretty quick set but whatever you know 96 mm-hmm. going crazy so but, i mean that was definitely the part of the band and and i think into 97 as well of when you would see them and you're like i can't believe that this was better than the last show i saw but they're they're better still right you know the last show was the best show and now this is the best show <laughs> um, because I had that same feeling and, you know, and it's, it, there, there are ones that stand out. Right. And like you said, the, that Huntsville and the, the palace show, the five, seven show, I remember walking out being like that, that was different than, you know, they're all great, but that one was like up there. Um, so I'm glad to hear that, that in the moment that that Huntsville show had that, had that feeling for you. It felt like a big show too, because it was an arena and mm-hmm. it wasn't half housed, I don't think. Yet there was probably really hardly very few people in the seats. Mostly everyone was on the floor, uh, but it wasn't crowded or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was like they just had a so many years of just like an ascending. You know, it's mm-hmm. just incredible to think that really. It, until Mike passed away. And even then things were still going, there was so much craziness going on after he passed away. They were still kind of growing at least, you know, in numbers, but um, just right. musically that in, enduring ascent for so long, man, it's just mm-hmm. like, no, no wonder they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So are there, or do you have, are there bands that you, follow today i mean like do you ever get the the desire to to seek out a band that maybe is at at that stage in their career now you know in their ascendancy where you could be excited about seeing you know what that next show might be like that it could be better than the last one you saw i think i wouldn't say no if 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 that was (laughs) If that, that was a strong word. And I'm yeah. not necessarily saying like picking out a band. I'm just saying, is that something that's, you know, that maybe how it's just you, like, how are you like... trying to justify goose tour? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really not. I mean, I will say that I figured that, that's that it, what you were trying to do. No, I mean, I, I get, I know that is the case with them for some people and, sure. and, and I've, you know, and they're pretty good, but I wasn't like, I wasn't fishing for a band. It was more just like, yeah, because that because that's like a pretty cool feeling, right? It's like, yeah. oh man, this is like I, amazing. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, 
I'm in a different point in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need to be up every day at 6 a.m. I need to be home to cook dinner every night. And <laughs> I don't have the freedom I used to have. And not, mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. Uh, to run to Panama City on a on a Tuesday night yeah, or whatever. Yeah, go so. drink a taste of Budweiser in a hotel room on Panama City <laughs> on a Tuesday night. Uh, but um, I would be open, you know. I, it's it's hard if you know. It's hard. I mean, I'm 50 years old, so it's hard for me to motivate to go to somewhere locally to see a band much less travel you know i i'm sure there's awesome stuff out there that i'll never know about i i'm sure you know i but i I, you know i I never say never have you seen have you gone to any shows recently i know you're a big uh dead and co fan but um are there other that's a joke it's inside joke (laughs) no i respect the hell out of them yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I'm sorry. Um, they just, I, I will, I, I mean, I'll crush them because I saw them in Cincinnati last year and it was maybe the most boring show I've ever seen. Musical, and, musical Nyquil. And I generally defend them. I mean, I, I'm Mayor's a hell of a player and I love Bobby and the rest of those guys, but man, it was boring. They're just, it was just so slow. Um, yeah, I get it. But anyway, if you've never it, seen Bob Weir before in person, that's probably really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but have you seen anything? Do you, do you go? I mean, even just locally, have you been to a show at the George Theater or anywhere recently? No, no just... uh, I was trying to think the last time I went and saw something was, and I went to see David Burns, uh, Utopia. I can't remember what it's called. American Utopia. American Utopia yeah. Fox, but that was probably like 2018, 2019. Yeah. Maybe. I feel like that was your answer to this question the last time we talked. It probably was. <laughs> Dude, if I get free time, I'm just like, yeah, no, I feel you. Wrestling or uh, hanging out with family, right? Hanging out with family or um, or something. I saw Dylan on Saturday night here oh, in Memphis, cool. and um, it's so fun to go to shows with zero expectations. Hmm. And he, I mean, he's basically played. He's essentially playing the same set list for the last however many months. So it's a pretty yeah. good idea what he's going to play. It was a lot of stuff off rough and rowdy ways. Um, and yeah, of course he does the Dylan thing, which is I'm going to play songs that, you know, but I'm going to play them in a way different way right. than what they were originally recorded. Like, but he did it in a way that was like, I'm trying to put this over with you. Like he was trying to, he was pushing it. And um, you know, the first few times I saw him, you know, 20 years ago, or longer ago, it was just, I mean, like it just was mumble electric piano and it just, Mm -hmm. the band was good, but he wasn't. And I saw him in 2012 in Madison, the night before the election. And then I saw him this past Saturday and I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, the dude's 81 years old and he gets out there and he plays piano and his band is good. And, Mm -hmm there was an urgency with him and the sense of like, I'm trying, I'm going to make you like this. And, and that 
I thought was really was palpable and really great. And he did this thing where, you know, every four or five songs he'd walk, he'd never played guitar. He just played upright piano the whole time, walked up from behind the piano and would kind of shuffle out. And then he'd put his hands out. You can't see my hands, but there's hands, put his hands out on his hips and go like, not jazz hands, but put them out like, Hey, <laughs> and then he'd walk back behind the piano and then he'd do four or five more songs. Then he'd go, yeah. come back. I'll go, Hey. Yeah. Um, and like he, you know, he made some comment about Memphis and Sam Phillips and then he introduced the band and how we introduced the band was great. And like he started at 8.01, tickets at 8, started at 8.01, show ended exactly 100 minutes. Uh, ended at exactly 9.41. So it's like he is, he's an old school rock and roller who looks at the clock and is mm-hmm. like, I'm going to give you 100 minutes exactly. No more. <laughs> I'm done. Bring the lights up. Um, but it was great. I mean, I think it was, it was, it's like, I think it's, I haven't been to a show. I haven't been to a show in a while, but we've got some coming up with my morning jacket and the truckers and some other stuff. Um, but I think that's been a big part of this is like, you know, not having gone to shows for a while, but not having any expectations about things. And I think something that Harvey, you and I have talked about is like, that was one of the things that ruined my panic experiences for a long time is you, I developed expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more fun to go to shows without expectations now. Yeah. I want a time machine. I want to go back. Yeah, I want right. to go back in time. Let me know when you find it. <laughs> Let me know when I find it. Um, all right. So looking back, uh, we talked about 97, but we, we're always, were you want to play something from 92, spring 92. Yeah. So, um, and, but, but you, but I want to talk before. So, so we, you know, uh, so Jojo joined right March 13th, but, but even well, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean oh. you started talking and I talked over you. And then no, I want to hear no. about the masquerade, but then Herman's hideaway too. So you tell me where to, where to go. Oh, okay. I forgot about we had talked about the masquerade. So there was a show, uh, I guess, a, a, the official last show without a keyboard player between T. Lavitz and JoJo. They did two shows like that, uh, February 21, 92 in Auburn. In February 27th, 92, at this club called Masquerade in Atlanta. And I was in the band that opened for them in Atlanta. We were hmm. we were called Hoodwink. We are from Chattanooga, a friend, nice. friend. It was a fraternity party. I think it was Sigma Chi, like it's Georgia Tech Sigma Chi party that they rented out the place. And we got to open, and it was like, you know, I was a Panic fan at that point, so it was pretty awesome. We weren't very good. Um, you didn't get invited to... to- come out <laughs> no. uh, but jb was nice to us i remember that and gary was nice to us and uh i think someone stole dave's jacket out of the dressing room that night because i remember him being ultra pissed I'm pretty someone sure from your band or just a random person I think random yeah. uh, stole it yeah i think he that's the story I heard. Someone stole his jacket out of the dressing room so that he was pissed. I don't blame him. But anyway, there's a really good soundboard recording. Yeah. And it opens with Liza's LA, Liza's apartment. Uh, and Mike's guitar is so up front in the mix, at least in the beginning. I just love to hear, to hear that. Just the, his beautiful way he played uh, in that song, especially. So we were talking about uh, playing that, which is the first song, right? Yep. And maybe pick another one. I don't know. 
pick, pick something else off there if you want. Um, yeah, I, I feel I'm looking at the set list now, and I mean, I, I wore that tape out. I mean, it's, I had a good tape, you know, it was, it was a good sound and soundboard. Yeah. And um, I feel like maybe the, the fish water like start off with like just Dave on, on the bass, maybe. Out. Yeah, I think so. I think That's maybe the, a different show I'm thinking about, but it's just like the baseline to get going. But I'm looking true. at it now on Everyday Companion. It's first entering a black hole backwards, and okay. the hoodwinks opened. There you go. Did you guys play original material or covers or both? Uh, mostly original. I'm trying to think. We played like uh, maybe a Neil Young song or something. We were we were we weren't very good. We had a recording of it. Luckily, it's disappeared. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I would listen to it. Just History, to man. You, you yeah, are, you're right. You're right. That's just gotta stick around forever. Yeah. Um. Actually, one of the uh, one of the, I still am good friends with a couple guys, and we still text and shoot this crap all the time. One of them is, is uh, named Ricky Supan, and he and I have taped a lot of Panic shows, mm. like ninety through ninety three four together. Um. We went. We went in and bought the AKGs and got DAT machines. He had the, He had a D5, and then we got DAT machines right after that. Uh, I hope people understand what I'm talking about. Um, the people, yeah, they do. I, there are people they if know. they're listening at Jeff, a, a, a ten after eleven in the East Coast on a yeah, Wednesday night, they know what you're talking. Jeff, about. And Jeff talks about his seven pin, his OD seven pin <laughs> cable for his I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Jerry Ford says, "Oh yeah, he understands. He gets it." I mean, we're just talking. I mean, that's the best best stuff is when you're just being ourselves, right? <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so I remember also um, during the chili, he says, "Melted sunny in my hand." Mm. For some reason, that stuck with me from that night. Um, and then uh, I I had suggested to play. Herman's Hideaway 321.92, the driving, me and the devil driving disco. Uh, it's, first of all, it's get right before driving song, Gary says, Gary Vereen says, if you're parked at the 7 Eleven, you're about to get towed, check it out. <laughs> I the driving song. And I was like, I mean, it's just the best thing in the world. Um, and then That's a great Garyism. I think my favorite yeah. Garyism is where he explains to the people what monitors are. You know that one? There's like these speakers at the front of the stage are so the musicians can hear the other musicians. If you put beers on them, if you shake them around, get ashes in them and stuff. They don't work right. Please help me in that respect. Thank okay. you. <laughs> you're, you're, okay, I have to mention this now. So there's a song on the Sam Holt Band album called Fix It Up Man. That Dan, I wrote the music and Danny Hutchins wrote the words. And it's about Gary. And mm. at the end of that song... It's on Spotify. You can go listen to it or Apple Music. Uh, I, I sampled that. So, oh, no shit. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. okay. Go listen to that. You'll, you're one of the So which show is that from? Do you know Do you know specifically what? which show that's from? 1029.93 Jackson Hole. Yeah, Jackson oh, nice. Hole, yeah. That's yeah. Fall 93 run. That makes yeah. sense. But, yeah, that's perfect. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you jog them around. You shake them. Get ashes and hands all over them. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's awesome. Um, but um, anyway, so that drive, I picked that driving, uh, me and the devil driving disco because uh, it's a digital soundboard. It sounds really clean. 
I would bet that it came from JB's uh, Sony DAP machine that he had for a while, and then I heard it got stolen at some show, which was, come on, man, really? Mm-hmm. Still the dude's DAP machine out of the club? But I think it probably, I think all, a lot of those 92 soundboards are from his DAP machine. Mm. So it sounds really good. It's, it's, it's clean. It's really unique time, like their instrumentation and like their amps and their instruments were getting better. Uh, and it's just a really cool sound. I love the way JB's guitar sounds. It's playing a Strat at that point um, through a Mesa Boogie. And Mike's, Mike has, does not have the Saldano yet. And I think his style is a little more wild. If, I mean, he's got. I, I remember thought like '92 is just wah wah, just like all kinds wah-wah. of wah. Yeah. yeah, but the, and then like so it's really great. And then the the me and the devil is very spirited, in that like I swear you can hear Sonny in the background. Like I, I, it almost sounds like he's egging JB on. Like JB will sing a line and you can hear Sonny be like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, go go, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> he's the hype man. It kind of, I swear, and it like it's like pumping JB up or like giving him a kick in the ass a little bit. I swear, nice. he's going off, and you can I listen to the last verse, you'll hear it, and uh, and then the second half of driving, and then the disco is just like textbook million dollar mm-hmm. hi hat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy in the pants. Do you want to mention the other tracks I picked? Yeah, which, yeah. Which is. A few months later from Ziggy's in uh, Winston-Salem, the second of two nights, uh, it's entering a black hole backwards in Chile. This isn't as quite a clean a, a recording. It says it came from a cassette, which I it sounds like it does. Some of the highs are not present. But um, I remember being there and thinking how cool this like entering a black hole backwards was. And right before they dropped into Chile, JB starts doing this thing about like Northern California, which I'd never heard before, which I thought was pretty unique and just hmm. pretty cool. And then the chili's pretty, pretty good. It awesome. is listed as the Northern California rap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on it's not a lot to it, but I remember him screaming like Northern California. And I was just, you know, I okay. mean, I appreciate you solving a mystery. You know, it's the early, the early years of panic and the opening bands and like, who are these bands and where have they gone? And now we've answered the hoodwinks we got one. <laughs> from 227.92, even though you don't want to admit it, Sam. Oh, I wish we had the recording. I would, I would play it for you. I'd It'd be great. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll play those tracks from, from spring of 92. And then, uh, We'll come back and and uh, I guess we'll wrap this up. I feel like we've kept Sam long enough. So um, this is uh, what two are we doing? Two twenty seven ninety two from the from the masquerade, and then three twenty one ninety two Herman's Hideaway, and then five twenty five ninety two from uh, Ziggy's. And Winston oh, out there! How's everybody doing tonight? I know you're all ready to rock. We'd like to thank the SAE boys for having us down here, the folks at the Masquerade for some fine hospitality. The SAE boys want to remind you that tomorrow night they're having the normal town flyers at their house. And on Saturday night, a month of Sundays. 
Now hold on to your hats. Here comes some widespread panic.
All right, we have jumped forward 30 years in time from the spring of 92. <laughs> it's a long time, Sam. I'm not... I used, to, I used to think 10 years was a long time, and now I'm just like, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. That was I really man. am, man. It's like, God, where did it... Where would happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, that was the Masquerade, 227.92, with the, uh, the Hoodwinks opening and then uh 32192 uh from Herman's Hideaway and 525 Ziggy's in Winston-Salem um and we won't forget to play you, you wanted to to right some wrongs in previous uh <laughs> episodes <laughs> which you know and I appreciate you keeping us honest on the sound quality uh, and soundboards but uh yeah we'll play we'll play some some uh some choice Todd cuts before we're done here Okay. Hey, one one thing I forgot that I brought this. So I just found this the other day, and here is a uncirculated ninety spring ninety two. What? See this. Breaking news. Breaking news. Oh wow! Look at that. And let's see if you can see this. So now we just need somebody with a working DAT player. Yeah, that's the problem. Anyway, I'll read it to you. So it's an uh, audience recording from, uh, where's 4-1? The Inferno Steamboat Springs, which I assume was just some club. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an audience with AKG 522 uh, mic, which is a stereo mic. Uh, mm-hmm. Jam, and then in parentheses, Pilgrim's Precursor. Just with my baby, worried, picking, stop, go, dream song, proving ground, low spark, flat foot. So that's probably the end of the. It's the end of the second set. There's no pilgrims on the official set list. So okay. Well, I haven't. I just found I, my buddy KJ has all my tapes, and I went and saw him a couple weeks ago, and was look, just looking through them uh, to see what uncirculated stuff mm-hmm. I might have, and that was one of them. I found a few. Awesome. You got any requests, Jeff? We, we finished the '96, right? Or are there any? We got any any out, outstanding? '92 is missing? like be, I can't wrap my head around '92 or '93. There's just too many shows. Yeah, in, in a given year, '96 is like a man. It was a manageable year to try to to try to complete. Um. So okay, so I was going to ask you about. You said that uh, that that Herman's Hideaway was probably from JB's dad. So then. Where how did it get from there to to my to you know a second generation soundboard in, in my Napa Napa tape case in Kentucky? Like how I'm did he sure. give it to somebody or did he make yeah. a dub and hand it off? How, what, sure. how does that work? I think at that point in like ninety two he just let his buddies have it, you know, or like um but like, was it one, like, was it like Herman's Hideaway was a better show? Like, did, you know, did, was he like, oh, this is a good one. Check this out. As Honestly, opposed I, to, don't, I don't know the answer to that. I just picture it as like, that's just one that made it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, he, it ended, it ended up with him back at home. And then maybe he was hanging out. Someone came over and was like, oh man, can I rec- take this? And he'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I, that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, and then all the 93, starting in 93, especially fall 93 and probably summer too, in 94, there was uh, a merchandise guy named Richard Kerlopian who had a 
that machine and they let him plug into the board every night. So that was, that's where all those come from. And I'm so happy that that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he caught shit for it when they started blinking, but 30 years on, thank, thank God. Yeah. yeah, really. There's stuff I still don't, you know, I haven't listened to that, but you know, still find stuff that I haven't heard. So, um, you're going to ask about 5203 or at 5302. Sorry. You're going to ask I about am. 5302. I am. Um, and what, what, uh, what else do we need? I mean, I, I love that they're, they're, they're doing some vinyl of their, their archive releases. Um, you know, I feel the first time we had you on was like, I don't know how many years ago was that, that Knoxville release. And oh, yeah. I don't know how many there have been since then. Like not many. No if any, one or two, maybe. Um, I don't know. What do we need to do, Sam? We need to um, shake, something, shake some stuff loose. I mean, I get that they're still playing and, you know, yeah. that's the focus right now, right? Sure. And again, and I'm ha- I'm, 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 I think the, the Miss Kitty's Lounge is great. I mean, I'm glad to see that they're doing some stuff, but I feel like there's still a lot of good things in the archives that, that we'd like to see the light of day before. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, social media is probably the strongest uh, mm-hmm. weapon you have. I would think if you get a concerted effort together, if there's, you know, you can get people to agree on shows, they'd probably do it. Yeah. At least get talking about it, you know. I, I asked them if I could pick another one a couple of years ago, and then, you know, they said, well, let's, we'll get back to you. We just have some other stuff going on right now. And I was like, cool, man. You know, maybe it's time right. I check back. Yeah. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Jerry Ford does point out the the uh, the dead after party in '95 in Vegas. Are you are you where? I had a friend of mine that went out there. This is freshman year in college, and he went out uh, after freshman year, and it was it was Dave Matthews and the Dead at Sam Boyd during the day, and then Panic at the Huntridge uh, at night. And he was and he went out as a Dead fan and like a decent Dave Matthews fan. And he was like, panic just blew them away. Like, and you got to think, you know, panic in a nightclub in spring of 95 versus the dead. And, but uh, those shows definitely huge moments. Um, I, two things I remember hearing stories about that. One is it was so crowded and that there was people, a lot of people that couldn't get in and Gary Vereen. Love you, Gary. (laughs) Miss him so much. Uh, he he was able to bring a bunch of speakers outside in the in some oh, kind wow. of lot area or, side lot or something, something yeah. and pump the music to the oh, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, so that was very much appreciated, and a lot of people were like you know, mm. so that's cool. And then my friend Chris Raybold, who was doing merch, like kind of just like follow him around, like helping with t-shirt sales. He said that he was standing like kind of side stage, and one one night. At, at the encore they walked off and there wasn't enough room or I don't know the reason they all just didn't go back to the dressing room, but they just kind of huddled around the side of the stage. And Mike looked at everybody and said, stop, go love tractor. And they just walked right back on stage. And, you know, you got it. Let's, let's go do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you, you've seen that quote that says, you know, JB says, 
it's still your band, Mike, you know, let's go play. And, and in a lot, not always, but in a lot of ways it was, man, he, he really mm-hmm. had a vision for that, for that stuff, yeah. especially when it came to set lists and shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's, awesome. that. That's intention right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's remind folks, Sam, where they can see you like a month from now in mid-May, three uh, nights, yeah. Asheville. Thursday, May first uh, Isis Music Hall, um, Friday the 13th, Charleston Poorhouse, May the 13th, and Saturday the 14th, May 14th at Avondale Brewing, and I believe all those are going to be relatively early, like 8, 30, 9 p.m. shows. So, Us old people like that right. a lot. <laughs> my dinner in about 4.15, you know? Um, have, let me ask... Uh, has, are you going to bring are you going to bring the family on the road is Hayden going to come I don't has think she's seen you play she hasn't seen you play live like in a in no she's seen like a sound check or two when she was super little mm-hmm. uh, when she was but she's getting I, old enough right I mean or not yeah. old enough but she's getting older right and then, yeah she's eight she just turned eight Hayden yeah. yes that's my daughter uh, so hopefully she I keep doing it a couple more years and she can come see us, see us play. Cool. Awesome. She takes, um, she's taking ukulele. She took some, she took a lesson today. Was playing. Nice. What was she playing? Um, Farmer in the Dell, I think she was. Right <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so that's with your guys in May and then your, and then the plans to, to be in Atlanta. Uh, for panic yes. in August. Yes, multiple nights in Atlanta after panic. I don't have details yet, but look for it. Stay tuned. It will happen, and uh, we were we're going to go for it. You know that tenth being Mike's twentieth anniversary of Mike Hauser's passing, and uh, yeah, you know he is he. I think about him every day, uh, and he's really the inspiration for what I do. I don't know if you can see this. Saldana's back there. You yeah. see it, but uh, oh, nice. And uh, you know it, and him and Todd too. You know, um, they're just really were great people, and I feel lucky to have to been inspired by them. And, and and playing these shows is like my way to feel close to them. Still feel close. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to it. Nice. And do you, the plans to more shows you know i mean obviously the last couple of years have been hard right you know and i know you've done like live streams and stuff like that um but you know we're, we'll see you out on the road some yeah you know forward, I, right? i'm not i don't have any plans to stop i don't have any plans to like you know do anything but just keep doing what we're doing man you know i'm gonna play every show like it could be the last show so that's that's my attitude at this point enjoy it yeah. celebrate embrace it man you just never know what's going to happen awesome well sam we so much appreciate you uh this is the impetus for us to get a get a show going again because it had been a while thanks so sam thanks happy. for the kick in the pants i had no idea y'all hadn't done a hadn't done anything no yet. and it wasn't even like i mean and i feel bad it's just like <laughs> there wasn't it wasn't on purpose it, was it wasn't just, like we broke up or anything no we totally didn't and it was just you know it, it's hard sometimes you know with with kids and and a lot yeah. of schedules and priorities and how many um, kids 
Harvey, you have two kids? I have two boys. They are six and nine. And Jeff? Uh, two boys, nine and two. I've got one girl, eight, and I know how hard it is with one, so kudos. Mm. I'm yeah. Really hard with yeah. two. I don't know how well I'm doing it, but. <laughs> yeah. Man, I hear you. Yeah. I hope <laughs> it's working. <laughs> we'll find out in 20 years. This whole thing is killing me. I'm scared of it. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, it was great seeing you. Thanks everybody for joining us. And uh, we'll it'll be it'll be fewer than five. I know we say this every time, but it's gonna it be, be it's gonna be it'll, it'll be, be five months. No, we, we didn't talk we there's so much we didn't talk about. We, we yeah, didn't talk we about got, goose. we got shows coming up. We're gonna talk yeah. about goose and yeah. we'll start our goose podcast. And <laughs> it's gonna be just gonna start going on tour with J Rad and you know, all that stuff. So <laughs> um, all right. Thanks everybody. Thanks, guys. Take care.